0: Welcome to the Healthy Rich Podcast, where we're talking with leaders and creators in finance, fintech, and beyond about how we can make money better for everyone. I'm your host, Dana Miranda, a personal finance educator and the founder of Healthy Rich, a platform for inclusive, budget-free financial education. My guest today is Eliza Cousin. Eliza is a powerhouse. I became aware of her since I moved back to Wisconsin a couple years ago because of her comms work in local politics and advocacy groups around here in Madison and where she lives in Green Bay. She's been a wonderful supporter of Healthy Rich and an inspiration for the ways that we talk about money to make sure we're inclusive and sensitive to the needs of the most vulnerable folks in our audience. Eliza was one of Australia's most prolific feminist writers when she moved to the United States in 2014. Here, she quickly became a leader of the reproductive rights movement in her adopted home and by home state, Wisconsin. Earlier this year, Eliza, along with writer and publisher Elizabeth Paulson, co-founded Divorces.com. The website is a place for people to set up a gift registry for essential items, services, and cash when leaving a relationship. But more than that, it's a community for those going through one of the most stressful times of their lives. Created by two women who know all too well what kind of support one needs while experiencing separation from a significant other, Divorces.com is poised to become the one-stop shop for every need of the recently uncoupled. Eliza, I'm so happy to have you. Um, Thank you for joining us today. It's always great to see your face. And I'm really excited to talk about divorces um, and just in general, kind of the big issue of finances during a divorce, which we tend to focus a lot on the emotional and the relationship side of things, but there's so much um, time spent and there's so many consequences um, financially of leaving a relationship. So I'm excited to talk about it, to talk about how divorces helps people um, in in that situation. So can you start by um, just kind of explaining, so you talk about divorces as a way to crowdfund a divorce. Can you talk about what you mean by that and why do people leaving a a relationship or a marriage, um, whether it's a breakup or a divorce, need a service like this?
1: Yeah, so divorce is expensive in America. Um, the average cost of a divorce is about twelve thousand dollars per couple. Um, so you know that is a massive expense that you tend not to plan for because no one gets married planning on getting divorced. Right. Um, There are ways to keep that cost down, but, you know, as a rule, the more contentious the divorce, um, the more, you know, children are impacted, the more expensive it is. Uh, So there's that practicality of like lawyer fees, court fees, but also, you know, what you're really doing is, dividing one household into two and you have to think about you know the costs of moving of paying those deposits of maybe selling a home or finding a rental and just that kind of um reverse economy of scale where you're now having two housing payments Two utility bills, all of those things, it really is doubled. There is such an economy of scale when you bring two households together. Um, and so many people are prevented from leaving their spouse by those financial practicalities. So where Divorceist comes in um, is by providing a platform where people can register for the homewares and gifts uh, that they need to really offset the cost of setting up a new house um, and making sure that that's a really validating, beautiful, positive experience of making a home that's just yours. And then we have the cash fund, um, which is really a feature you would expect on any wedding or baby registry. And it's just an invitation for people to chip in for those expenses. And that kind of started out as kind of a, an added feature for divorces like, oh, of course we'll need a cash fund. And then as we went about building the platform, it was really much more about like, oh, this is a revolutionary thing. Like this is something that can really help people at their most vulnerable. And, um, actually I've spent much of today walking someone through, setting up their registry, uh, kind of. A friend of a friend of a friend who um, had identified that she is in an abusive relationship, didn't know where to turn, someone put us in touch, um, and now we're able to share out a link to her cash fund and really let the divorced community contribute so that, you know, in the next two weeks, she can hit the button on her safety plan and get to safety. That's with, incredible. With, yeah. with cash in the
0: secret bank account that her husband doesn't know about. Mm -hmm. I'm so so glad to hear you're doing that work. Can you talk about the... You mentioned it costs $12,000 on average um, for a divorce. And I I got divorced years ago, young. Um, We didn't have children or assets to split or anything. So we didn't have lawyers fees or um, really any of the big complicated things. can you talk about what goes into that $12,000? Um, is it, it, it sounds like that's beyond the legal fees that you might think about. It's that kind of after leaving the relationship step of setting up your new life. Um, that might be beyond my scope a little okay. bit
1: um, as a website founder, but mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah that's that's been divorced twice she's chirping in from peanut gallery um yeah it's the legal fees are a huge part oh wow okay Um, whether you do um, a traditional divorce with two attorneys or you go for mediation Mm -hmm. um it's all of those costs um as well as you know the court fees none of that is free and i think a divorce is much like a wedding you know i got married for I think twenty five hundred dollars at a municipal park. It was lovely. Um, the biggest expense was like the the food. We it was Wisconsin. We had a brat fry. Um, Wonderful. And I was new, so I didn't. I was new to the country. I didn't know how to pronounce a brat, but now I do. Um, so much like a wedding, your divorce can really swing wildly. It's kind of um, you know how. Much complication you put into it at the start is going to manifest in expenses down the line. Yeah. There are definitely ways you can do it more cost effectively. And luckily, you know, divorces is coming up at a point where we're really seeing a disruption in divorce tech. There are tools coming up to really help people and solve these problems. And we're definitely part of that wave. And I think we're also part of the cultural push. To make divorce more accessible, um, so the Divorceist Cash Fund is really just one step to try and make sure that you know once you've come to that decision of that decision point of leaving a long a long-term relationship or a marriage, that those practical elements don't have to factor into your decision making anymore. Because we want everyone in a marriage or a relationship to be there because they want to be, because it's a source of joy in their life um, and not just something that allows them to live the lifestyle they want or, you know, provide for their families. So we want to really separate the idea of romantic attachment from the practicalities of life.
0: So that's fantastic right
1: from, yeah <laughs> yeah we're, we're very, actually very, romantic yes very sentimental about it mm-hmm. we just want everyone to have a good time and be in love and if their relationship is no longer serving them we want the alternative to be available and i think that makes
0: marriage and relationships much more meaningful absolutely um and so you mentioned that you are working with someone to set up a cash fund who's leaving an abusive relationship. And we know that that um, that finances and financial abuse are something that keeps people in relationships um, that are not safe for them. Um, and you, so I, I think I read this in a blog post that you wrote um, that divorces isn't just for people leaving abusive relationships, but it's designed with their safety in mind. So can you talk about what you, um, what you call designing for the most vulnerable user and how that affects the platforms for other users.
1: Yeah, Um, to properly explain this, I need to go back in time um, to 2016, where I was working with a group of women um, to advocate for domestic abuse victims to get a bill passed in Wisconsin called the Safe at Home Act. and we were successful governor walker signed that it is now in the law it is now a program available to everyone in wisconsin congratulations um, and, in, and thank you 20, yeah, yeah thanks uh, i think about 20 other states have this program so what this does is if you have been um a victim of abuse or stalking and you've moved house it gives you a dummy address so you can get all your mail all your utilities all your Amazon packages delivered to this dummy address it's Your and your real address is only known by the Department of Justice and someone is employed to basically forward your mail on so that your real address where you are physically located is completely hidden from public records, from commercial databases, even police don't have access to where you really live. Um, because we know that police are overrepresented in abuse statistics. So it provides that layer of protection that allows people to move on in safety. So when we started to think about our gift registry for people leaving relationships, that was kind of top in mind. And the challenge for us was how to adapt this piece of legislation into software, right? How can we create code that serves people in the same way? Um, Because I'm a big believer that, you know, code is a human thing, humans write it, we design it. It's not something sterile. Um, And so we are really able to make sure that the nuts and bolts of our software reflects our values and serves our customers in this really unique way. So what that looks like in practice is when you buy a gift for a friend on divorce's registry or contribute to their cash fund, you never see their shipping address. All of that is completely hidden. Um, even if the, the gift registry is visible to the public, um, it's never shown. Um, we were really designing around not a use scenario, but a misuse scenario, and someone using our technology to find someone's location, or even to just intrude and snoop around
0: um, on their gift registry.
1: Yeah. So that was really the the piece of the puzzle that had to be in place before we could launch. Mm-hmm. And we have an amazing team of female software engineers who were able to do that. Um, And we're just incredibly proud um, of, you know, the fact that we found these people who understood that need um, and, you know, really committed to making it happen um, because it was very complex um, piece of engineering to get that in place for something that seems quite simple.
0: It does. Yeah, that's interesting to hear how complex it was. And I'm also happy to hear... That you understood the importance of it and the people working on the tech understood the importance okay. of it um, because that's an easy, when you run into barriers like that, it's easy to just decide that it's not a priority um, yeah. because and we... as you said, people tend to design for, for use. Um, and I think there mm-hmm. are a lot of places um, it, this, I, I see this in various systems a lot around um, people who are leaving or have left abusive relationships, um, it, it catches my eye a lot, but I think there are a lot of places in general in our government and financial systems where we could really benefit from designing for the most vulnerable users first, mm-hmm. um, to yeah. make sure that we're not leaving those loopholes for them to be you know, further victimized in whatever way that they have been kind of dealing with in their life. Want more from Healthy Rich? On our website, you'll find stories that explore the ways money intersects with our culture and individual lives from writers whose voices you won't hear anywhere else in personal finance media. Soon, we'll launch live virtual classes to offer inclusive, budget-free financial education that makes money better for everyone. Be the first to know when we've got something new to offer by signing up for the Healthy Rich newsletter. Head over to healthyrich.co after the episode to join us in this new kind of conversation about money. And now, back to the show. What does that mean for you? Um, I think this is important for anybody kind of building software, building a business, but again, on on a larger scale in our systems too, Um, keeping that in mind, that vulnerable user, what does that mean for the rest of your users that you made it a priority to design um, for that misuse?
1: I think it gives them peace of mind. Um, And it's not just about this um, address secrecy, feature it's also like we uh we don't have cookies that track um your activity across our website Mm -hmm. um so if you go to divorces.com you're not going to see an ad for divorces.com come up you know all of those things um it's secure hosting so that it's much less likely for our data to be hacked or um found by an abuser um in a nefarious way um, and it's, you know, investing in creating software from scratch instead of using um, something out of the box. So it really does come into every single layer. Uh, we also have a, a new product called the Better Off Box, um, which is a care package you can send to a newly single friend. Um, I love it's that. Just, it's, so, it's this little box of comfort. It, is, yeah. it just brings us so much joy. <laughs> to package them up. Um, and so things like when we create the shipping label for that, we don't write divorcest on it in big letters. We write from Eliza and Beth mm-hmm. um, because, yeah. you know, I imagine the person getting that hasn't moved house yet. Um, you don't want to, it's kind of a little bit like outing someone. You don't want to out someone as leaving a relationship. So we Um, And I think we are probably the only service on the internet. When you get like a welcome email from us, it encourages you to unsubscribe. (laughs) So it has a whole paragraph that's like, is it safe for you to get these emails? Who has access to your email account? Mm -hmm. If you're not ready for this, like unsubscribe, come back later. Like here's our safety features. Here's everything we've thought of. Um, And so that really does come into every element of our business. We are always thinking of how we can make things more secure, how we can really meet the needs of this unique and highly sensitive group of
0: customers. And I think that's what makes us unique in this book. It, it does, yeah. And it's, I think it's also a great way of educating other users without without explicitly educating them too, because just Mm -hmm. as you're talking about all of these features, I'm learning about a lot of things that I probably would never have thought of. Um, And so it's it's helpful to see that communication and certainly doesn't make me think like if I receive that email from you talking about, is it safe for you to be subscribed to this email list? It wouldn't make me feel uh, like you're not there to serve me, um, mm-hmm. if, you know, even if I am in a safe situation, um, it would make me feel more secure and more encouraged to support you and the and the business, mm-hmm. um, knowing that you are looking out for more vulnerable people than me. And, you know, and it would make me want to also support those more vulnerable people, you know, in mm-hmm. it sort of adds some visibility to that situation that I think is really right. valuable.
1: I think another big element of that is people don't always identify as victims of abuse. Um, people have a certain idea and a certain threshold for what can be considered abusive behavior, particularly when we're talking about financial abuse um, and so I think making these features available for every single user really helps catch those people who are in very vulnerable situations, but don't consider themselves in need of that extra layer of support. And what we're really trying to bust down is that these services are for everybody. Um, and, um, you know, if you're ever thinking if you qualify for um, abuse support services, the answer is yes. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, even out of the abuse context, um, there's such a culture, I think, particularly among women and probably even among women in the Midwest because we're, we're based in Green Bay, Wisconsin, of, well, I don't need help. There are, like other people need more help than me so therefore I'm not going to ask for it Um, I'm less fortunate like oh I could never ask my friends for for money I'm the one that gives them money I'm the one that writes the cards and so part of the the challenge for our business is to kind of create our own market and convince people particularly you know women you know 45 to 60 that's our key market that hey like like honey it's your turn like you've been helping everyone around you your whole damn life. Now it's your turn to get some help. And, you know, that's all we're here to do is just provide the technology that makes it more accessible and more acceptable to get help when you're at a low point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I completely identify with that, being a woman raised in the Midwest um, myself from not far away in Wisconsin. Yeah. So, Um, And divorces isn't just for women, but it's clear that, um, you know, again, you are sort of designing for women first and being there to support women. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you see that sort of because of what you just described, that feeling of not feeling like we should ask for help or that we uh, have a right to ask for help can make women more vulnerable coming out of a relationship than men?
1: I think in in some ways I think it can work for and against us because when it comes I think to other people women are very good at building a network my mother called it ground zero talk and it's where you you know you reach out to a woman you might not even know her just someone you've seen at the grocery stores someone who might go to your church and you're like, oh, Sandra needs help. And it's kind of this unspoken, we all know what's going on. And there's this like underground network. And there is kind of this unofficial infrastructure around relationship transition and leaving toxic relationships. Yes. I think we're very bad at expecting that help to come back for us. And, you know, we we're very interested in, helping men and helping men, you know, continue to be good partners, good exes, good dads, and really opening up um, that emotional support, which I think um, is so often unavailable to men. Um, And so I think while men not, might not have the same degree of financial need in crisis, they're certainly less likely to be financially disadvantaged after a divorce. I think they right. do suffer a disadvantage at that time of crisis because they have not been socialized to ask for help, um, particularly financial help. I think that's often a, a deep blow to their identity. And so we just have to crack it open a little bit, like one piece at a time, and just say, like, this isn't just about you, buddy, like, like we're, we're here. Yeah. So I absolutely. think like both, you know, not to generalize, but people who identify with both of those genders have some unique needs because they're they're cultured in two very distinct ways. And so we have to think quite creatively about what we can do to serve each of those identities um, and really help, you know, come together to change that culture around relationship transition.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like a lot of the work that you do especially as you're growing growing the business in its earliest days right now is reaching out to people and helping to start that conversation around it's okay to ask for help and this can be maybe a joyful time it doesn't have to be this um, it doesn't have to be the struggle kind of starting your, your new life.
1: Exactly. I mean, our mission is to make divorce and breakups dignified. So the gift registry and the cash fund are just one way to do that. That's how we're starting. Um, but you know, we're, our business will go wherever the mission takes us. And I think um, while Yes, we have to kind of shift that culture and destigmatize divorce itself. Which it's still there's still a big barrier to that. There is still a sense yes. of shame around that, and a sense that if you need to leave one relationship, you have in somehow, in some way, failed. Uh, we need to bust that right down.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know why that continues to persist.
1: I mean i mean look what's happening like broader in america right now like, that's
0: true yeah <laughs> yeah i like, shouldn't be surprised anymore
1: <laughs> right like this idea of the traditional family this like very patriarchal heteronormative institution prevails and um you know i was a 90-day fiancé when I married my husband. I had 90 days from the point of arrival in the United States to get married or they'd send me back, which is bonkers, right? Like madness.
0: Yeah, um, sounds terrifying. I'm, I'm sorry that was your experience. I mean, I'm glad you were here in challenge. Wisconsin because of the work that you've done here.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it's a bit of a challenge for wedding planning. Thankfully, yeah. he did most of that. And so I had this big moment of culture shock when I got married in Wisconsin and people were like congratulating me and calling me by my husband's name, which is not my name. And it was so different to the dynamic of marriage that I'd been brought up with in Australia, which is far more secular, far more relaxed about all of this. And... I realized like, oh, I signed up for an Australian marriage and now I'm in an American marriage. And there was this whole like layer of expectation. And it wasn't just a matter of being changed on paper and being like, you know, emotionally and legally bound to this person. It's a shift in your identity. Yes. I remember I started um, like I was getting these emails from my husband's extended family in Northeast Wisconsin. It's a big family. lot of Catholics. Um, (laughs) and like, it was like this big, um, email chain of like, who's hosting Memorial Day? Um, who's going to grandma's for Thanksgiving? And I was like, oh, this is weird. I'm getting your emails all of a sudden. And he's like, (laughs) no, that's, that's the wife list serve.
0: Oh my goodness. You're
1: responsible for scheduling now. You run our social calendar. And I was oh, like, oh no. The hell I do. <laughs> I'm just like, like, I just kept like forwarding it to him, being like,
0: <laughs> right.
1: Nope. Nope. <laughs> like, I've got my own family. They're just on a different continent. So that's a long-winded way of saying mm-hmm. in America, particularly, marriage continues to have such moral value. If that's a system that serves you and that's a part of your identity that you really love and want to take on like power to you but this culture of making marriage mandatory and as this milestone and this marker of adulthood and success I think is really problematic especially for women because it does mean that you're incentivized to, to stay in a marriage yes and That means when you do decide to leave it or you want to leave it, but can't make that leap, it's all the harder. And so I think that creates a situation where identifying that you need help is equivalent to publicly announcing your failure.
0: And I think that that is, I think that is the feeling. And that's on top of the fact that we already feel that way about our finances in general that announcing yes. that we need help financially is perceived at least internally, that perceived like we have failed. Um, and mm-hmm. there might there might be a lot of external pressure too that that makes you feel like you failed in that situation. So adding on top of that, a the end of a relationship that had so much weight tied to it, um, mm-hmm. really it just compounds that entire thing. And then layered on top of that is, how difficult it is legally and financially to disentangle yourself from a relationship yeah. because of the systems that are built around it. Um, that separating bank accounts and credit cards and debt and mm-hmm. ownership, um, and then, you know, like you said, changing your name becomes such a big part of your identity and for so many people it's assumed that that's something that's going to happen when you get married and so then when you get divorced mm-hmm. that's you have to you have to resume an old identity or or find a new identity outside of that. Right. And all right. of that gets tied up. Um I recently changed my name years after my divorce was final. Um and I had concerns about uh, interacting with clients as a freelancer. So there's there's there was so much like shame tied up in that just tied to the work that I do based on you know who I am in the world, based on this identity that had been tied to my marriage. So there are so many places where um, I'm so happy that you all are doing the work you're doing to sort of bring um, in addition to the emotional support and the community around it, to bring, the f- bring finances into this conversation, because it's kind of in every piece of it in ways that we sort of ignore or think it's not okay to talk about, um, mm-hmm. especially at a, a sort of tumultuous time in someone's life. It feels like it would be crass to bring up finances when it's like, that is a 100% what you're dealing with. <laughs> you know, everything right. everything you're right. dealing with is having financial exactly. consequences at this point.
1: And you know we see people you know create their registries and there's a field um, for a registry description. It's kind of like your your pitch, like why your friends and family should um, buy you a toaster or some new bedding or contribute to the cash fund. And we see people, you know, saying like, I just need like a little bit of help. And if I can you know reach this goal, then. I get to keep the kids in their summer sports programs and like provide some like continuity for them through all of this mess and like just that window into someone's life and, you know, keeping Sammy in soccer really matters. Like that is real and significant. And if, you know, a thousand dollar contribution from your friends and family is what allows that to happen, that's fantastic. And, um, not to be gushy, but the fact that divorces didn't exist three months ago and now because of us, Sammy gets to stay in soccer. Like that is so cool. That is just extremely cool.
0: So please be gushy. Of- you, you deserve that. I think. That's, that's <laughs> what you. it is to make something that didn't exist before. That's what it is right. to start a business. So, um, yeah, that's why when you bring the kind of values and care that you bring to starting a business, um, you can have that kind of impact. So that's why it's so exciting for me to watch you build this business. I mean, we're trying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's
1: um, you know very much a labor of love. Um, I say that giving birth to my daughter um, like was quicker. <laughs> but like, like but like divorces took like a lot longer to um to bring into the world so um yeah giving birth might be more painful than starting a business but starting a business definitely takes longer and yeah I mean what we just hope is that you know over time that Divorceist becomes as ubiquitous as a wedding registry and that it you know that's when we know that we've done our job in normalizing breakups and divorce normalizing kind of breaking down these systems that keep people um unhappy which is yeah ultimately what we're trying to do
0: yeah absolutely well i'm i'm there behind you um, the, the whole <laughs> way because I love this um, and I hope that I feel like that... like and healthy rich are just like two corners of of the same
1: thing trying to shift the the way we we take on like these these burdens
0: exactly <laughs> yeah so I think that we'll have a lot of listeners who are also behind you and and be very excited to um, check out divorcist and share it with anyone they know, um, going through, um, ending a relationship because we all know somebody in that situation. Um, and so can you, um, just to wrap up, can you let us know what should we do? Um, what can we do to be supportive to friends or family member or, or anyone in our community, um, who is going through a divorce or breakup to help break up that stigma, to just offer them what they need, um, especially if they are someone who's not asking for it yet or doesn't know how to ask for it. What can we do? Um, I think sending them the link to divorces.com, a really good
1: start. Step one, yes. Um, Yeah, um, send them this podcast so they feel supported by two badass women trying to fix the world. That's never a bad thing. Um, send them a better off box um, so that they get a really beautiful curated gift to make them feel special and loved. Um, but I think, you know, also just acknowledging that, um, particularly if it's a breakup rather than a divorce, validating that it matters. It's what A big part of what we do is, really tried to honor the experience of people who are in like domestic partnerships and long-term relationships. Because when I left mine, um, you know, we weren't married, but I moved house. I was broke. It was like a real change to everything about my life in like my mid twenties. Yes. And I found that it's like, oh, well, everyone breaks up with their boyfriend, honey, get over it. Like, it's like, no, like this was my family. Right. And I'm like grieving this and dealing with all the practicalities of like trying to put a deposit on an apartment, you know? And so I think recognising that you don't need that piece of paper to feel grief and to need support is really valuable. Um, And I think one big thing is, divorce and separation takes a long time so don't just be there for someone when they tell you what's going on be there three months six months a year down the line Mm -hmm. Um, you know help them move house text them on a saturday night and ask them what they're doing (laughs) and just you know show up in small ways a lot of the time rather than a a big way once that would be my advice just that's great
0: that's very important Yes. Um, it's easy to forget uh, after the news is shared the first time. I think that is the case with anybody going through grief for anything.
1: Mm-hmm. So right.
0: it's yeah important to remember to show up. Um, I think that's something that we could do um, to, to pull it back to money. Um, I think that's something we can do financially, too, is um, yeah. just continue kind of those those small gifts, the, the small gifts care packages mm-hmm. and the bringing over dinner or buying someone dinner or sending just dropping some money you know in their venmo or into their yeah you know into their fund and divorces you yeah. know months down exactly. the road when, yeah when they're not quite sure they need it
1: right and i think our what we encourage our users to do is you know like kind of like pick the moment where this would be most valuable for them like you know is it at the point of you know, announcing to your friends and family what's going on. Is it when the divorce is finalised? Is it when you're moving house? And just, you know, um, making sure that you're thinking about how you ask for support um, in a way that, you know, brings you maximum benefit and helping to educate your friends and family that this isn't just a once and done thing, that it really is a change to your life that is permanent especially if you have kids because you're now going to be in a co-parenting relationship most likely with this person for the rest of your life so really just honoring that that um that big change is ongoing I think is really important
0: yeah absolutely well thank you so much Eliza I really appreciate um you coming on to to share all of this, to share your own story. Um, I so appreciate the work you're doing with Divorcist. and I look forward to uh, Healthy Rich and Divorcist continuing to work together um, into the future to ch- continue to change the world. So thank you okay. so much.
1: Did I forget anything? I don't think so, you did great. Oh good. I'm so proud uh, of you. Thanks babe. <laughs> right. Thank you Liz. <laughs> this was an
0: absolute pleasure.
1: <laughs> thank you so much.
0: Do you know someone who could use a broader perspective on work and money? Share this episode to invite them into the conversation. Head to healthyrich.co for more information from today's episode. And while you're there, sign up for the Healthy Rich newsletter to be the first to know when we drop something new. And remember our motto, work should be fun and money should be easy. Thank you for being part of our quest to make money better for everyone.